Hey there, it's Pat Miller, the Idea Coach, host of the Pat Miller Show. This show is for small business owners so they can make their business dreams come true. Our slogan is Don't Grow It Alone. And what you're going to hear is a broadcast of our show that's carried in 25 cities around the country. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. Hope you love it. All right, let's go. America's small business conversation is on the air. It's the Pat Miller Show. One hour exclusively for entrepreneurs to work on your business, not in it. It's time to solve problems, capture opportunities, and celebrate your wins. Powered by the Idea Collective small business community. This is the Pat Miller Show. Now your host, Pat Miller, the Idea Coach. Welcome to the Pat Miller Show, America's small business conversation, a one-hour show to help you make more money and grow your business. We do that by bringing on really smart people and me that are going to teach you stuff to help you grow. On today's show, we're going to talk about how to be perceived as a teacher, not a teller. You see those folks, especially on LinkedIn, they're just telling you what to do and they come off like kind of, I don't know, not great. If you want to be perceived as a teacher, not a teller, you want to hear my interview with Mel Rip and how she's working LinkedIn and how you can get better results. We'll also talk with Melissa Blair, who founded a company called Cultivating Sales, and she had outrageous success, but there was a problem. Now, could you imagine having success so big that there was a problem? But her success was so big, it turned into a problem. Why? They had to split the company in half. That's a really good problem to have, but it did result in problems. We'll talk with her about what she learned. We'll also talk with one of my best business pals, the mayor of Podcast Town, Elsie Flanard III. We're going to celebrate with him with a small business celebration. They've got a new B2B show you need to know about. We'll talk with him later in the show. Today, I want to talk about seasonality. Seasonality. That's a fancy pants term for your business changes during the year. You've got some times of the year where you're hot as a firecracker and some parts of the year where you're just a desert. How do you know? And can you figure out when your peak seasons are so you can take advantage and behave differently in these slow times? Now, the reason why this is on my mind is it's mid-June, and almost everywhere, the kids are out of school. That seems to be one of the triggers that changes seasonal behavior with your customers. So this is a time to kind of review what's going to happen in the next 90 days. And if I'm not affected by the kids being out of school, when am I affected? Like, What's going on in my business and when are my hot times and when are my slow times? So I want to talk about seasonality, how to identify your seasonality, and then when you do, how should you behave differently in your peak times than your slow times? So the first way to talk about seasonality is to understand that your business will change throughout the year and you want to first and foremost observe it. And you can observe it by doing a couple of different things. First thing is, I'm sure you can just tell me gut reaction when you think your peak times and your slow times are, and you're probably right. But when possible, we want data to confirm it. So the best way to do it 
is to lay out your month-by-month sales data for as many years as you have, and then compare the value of each month against your overall revenue. And you'll quickly see April and May are really slow compared to my average month. And wow, November and December, those are bonkers. Those are my big times. And you'll be able to plot out your year when you're busy and when you're slow. So that's an easy way to do it. You can get some additional data by doing a couple of other things. You can talk with your customers and understand their behavior. If you're targeting women 25-49, they may have a different lifestyle in the summer months than they do in the winter months. I mean, family vacations. I'm not missing a family vacation when my kid is nine years old. You got to do that, right? But they may be in a more traditional situation when they're dropping their kid off before work and picking them up after work in the winter. So you kind of need to know what your customers are doing and you can just ask them. They'll tell you. You can get in touch with industry research if you're a florist or a photographer or an event planner or a marketing agency. There may be industry-wide seasonality research that's already done. And the other thing you can do is you can check out your web and social media traffic. You can see how people are hitting your site, how they're engaging with your posts, and you may see some natural times that you're busier than when you're not. Those are ways that you can observe your seasonality and you'll be left with, these are my peak months, these are not my peak months. And in some businesses, it can be really glaring. I'm here in Wisconsin. If you own an ice cream shop, there's no way you're not busy from May 1st until October 1st. But in the middle of February, you might not even need to be open. So seasonality could be really strong. And it's important to know what yours is. We're talking about seasonality in your small business and what to do about it. And now let's get to that what to do about it part. So once you identify your seasonality, you might want to behave differently during your slow times. So when you adjust for your slow times, you can pull the trigger on your staffing levels. You might not need interns during the slow time. You might not need as many part-time hours. Your cash flow is certainly going to change. So how could you affect your cash flow in slow times? Maybe you're prepaying your bills during the great times, or you're putting your annual bills on installment plans. You can also modify your advertising spend. Do you need to have the same advertising spend every month of the year? Or could you take a break during your slower times? And then there's inventory. If you're a restaurant, you might not need the same number of tomatoes all 12 months a year. Restaurants are really good at this, but you get the point. You can order different inventory levels, and all of these things will feed into a healthier cash flow even in the slower months. The second thing you could do is try and stimulate some business. So let's say that from now until September 1st is a really slow time for your business. That would be the time that you could offer discounts packages, bundles, promos, ways that you could get an extra visit from a customer or an extra order from someone because you're not naturally busy during this 90-day period. The third thing you can do, and this is not about generating demand, it's more about spending your personal time. If I said to you, you need to launch a new core product 
or you need to revamp a part of your business. For example, you need to rewrite your website or you need to do an entire training manual for your entire company. When would you want to do it? We certainly don't want to do it in your busy times, but if you knew when your slow times were, you could save some of these bigger projects for those slow times. So product development, training, uh, reconstruction, even physical repair in the building, like you don't want to shut down the showroom during your busiest months, you want to do it during the slow times. Couple of more ideas. You may want to investigate level billing or monthly recurring revenue, like subscription plans with some of your clients. If you offered a monthly recurring bill that maybe lowered their bill during the peak times, but gave you a steadier income during the slower times, that could help you with cash flow. And instead of modifying your core service, you could also think about a new product that you could offer that has a monthly recurring invoice attached. So if you offer a big product, maybe you could offer a fraction of that product, but it's a monthly subscription that you're charging. Monthly subscriptions are magic, and they can really help you pay the bills even during the slow times. And the last item you should consider during your slow times is being slow with your customer. It's the perfect time to take vacation. It's the perfect time to do three days a week. It's the perfect time to work half days. Embrace the opportunity to slow down when your business slows down. Knowing your seasonality will help you make better decisions. It'll help level your cash flow. And it will make being a business owner just a little bit more fun. So know when it is and react accordingly. Coming up on the show, we want to talk about being authentic, because if you're on LinkedIn and you do telling for a living, people will tune you out. What if you could be perceived as a teacher? And what if your content could be consumed and shared and commented on relentlessly? Mel Rip, she knows what she's doing. She's going to take a minute and teach us how to create content on LinkedIn with a teaching tone, not a telling tone. One more thing I want to mention, if you're excited about today's show, what about all the great guests we've already had on? They're captured and ready for you with the Pat Miller Show podcast. You can subscribe now at patmillershow.com. Okay, we're talking LinkedIn with Mel Rip coming up next on the Pat Miller Show. America's small business conversation continues next on the Pat Miller Show. You have a brand. Your business's brand is one of the most important things on your plate. As a business owner, you keep up with the trends. So what's hot these days? It's live events. Owning your small business combined with speaking at live events positions you as the expert in your field. That's where Bankable Events comes into play. Bankable Events is an event advisory and management firm with a primary focus on maximum conversion events. With more than 4,000 live events under their belt, they have the expertise to design face-to-face events that get your audience pumped up and generate profits. The minute you partner with Bankable Events, they'll start creating a custom 
customized strategy to take you from idea to income. Just think of the opportunities ahead for you. Call 303-550-1123 or head to bankableevents.com. Join over 1,000 other small business owners and CEOs who use Bankable Events to build community and drive revenue. That's bankableevents.com. You're an expert in your own field, so why not take it to the next level and get paid for it? Hi, I'm Wendy Babcock. My three-day paid speaking boot camp is your ticket to turning what you know into real income. No matter if it's an audience of five people or 500, or if you don't have books, services, products, or programs to sell, even if you're not a celebrity or even well-known, Wendy's online paid speaking boot camp will give you the skills to always get paid for speaking no matter what. Keynote speakers get paid anywhere from $2,500 to $7,500. At my intensive three-day boot camp, you'll not only build your speaking skills, you'll also learn where to find and how to book speaking gigs. The next boot camp is June 27th through 29th. Register now at paidspeakingbootcamp.com and you'll also get lifetime access to Wendy's weekly speaker support hour, an exciting forum to get answers and unlock still more secrets to getting paid for speaking every time you step on stage, no matter what. Register now at paidspeakingbootcamp.com. Paidspeakingbootcamp.com. Now, America's Small Business Conversation continues on The Pat Miller Show. Welcome back to The Pat Miller Show. This is America's Small Business Conversation, where we are trying to help you grow your small business. And one of the ways you can grow your business is to meet great people to do business with. Oftentimes, that's happening on LinkedIn. But if you're like me, you're looking around LinkedIn and you're seeing other folks kill it, like explode. And you may ask yourself, wait a minute. What are they doing that I'm not doing? Well, today we have an expert to tell us what they're doing and what you're not doing. Let's welcome in for a What's Working Right Now segment, Mel Rip, the owner and principal of Peapod Marketing and PR Consulting. Mel, thanks for joining us in the Pat Miller Show. How are you today? I'm great, Pat. How are you? I'm great. I want to talk about LinkedIn because everyone's got one, but it doesn't seem like everyone uses it in the right way. So what's working right now for you on LinkedIn? I I will do my best. So um, one of the things that I really find that sets people apart on LinkedIn is this idea of telling versus teaching, right? And so, you know, you have a lot of people on LinkedIn talking about how they're scaling to seven-figure businesses by doing these three things. And, you know, one of them's getting up at 4.30 a.m. I don't know how that happens. But uh, <laughs> and then you also you also have people who are teaching and they're not only teaching through tips and tricks and resources. Um, they're teaching through the perspectives they've gained, through the insights they have, through the experiences they have and kind of their entire personal and professional journey because it's especially as small business owners, business is, it, it is personal, right? And so we have to take what we've learned, um, not only from our personal lives, but our professional lives and be able to be vulnerable and, and share those things on LinkedIn. Um, I, I tend to think of it as a vulnerability scale, you know, that we're not asking people to share, you know, everything that's ever happened to them. But there are these facets of vulnerability that I think people can leverage for um, some incredible success on LinkedIn. Is that as simple as doing something that other people are not doing because the majority of the content or much of the content is the telling rather than the teaching? So when you show up in a different way, people are instantly more attracted to what you have to say? 
I think that's part of it. I mean, you know, we've long said in in small business marketing, and I'm, I've been a marketer for a couple of decades now, and we also, you know, we always say that people don't do business with companies, right? They do business with humans who may be a part of those companies. And when you're a small business, you are your company for for the most part. And so um, it it always seems a little disingenuous, um, not in a not in a negative way, but it just feels like you know, there are so many things that you can share beyond just kind of telling someone what to do. I think, you know, Pat, like we, we've, we've been told, you know, we've been told to do things and how does that make us feel? You know, like you should be doing this or you need to be doing that. I don't know about you, but I don't necessarily respond to that in a positive way. <laughs> but if somebody, if somebody switches that and they teach and they say, Hey, here's what happened to me in this instance. It may not work for you. It may work for you, but here's my experience and you can glean what you need to glean from it. I think that is a much more powerful marketing tool and a personal branding tool than someone who is just telling, you know, ticking off these, these boxes of what somebody should be doing with their businesses. And at the end of the day, that's what many of us are using LinkedIn for is a marketing and branding tool. We're talking with Mel Rip about how to win on LinkedIn and it's teaching versus telling. And that makes a ton of sense. So if I want to install this kind of thought process into my day-to-day, month-to-month rhythm of using LinkedIn, where do you begin? How do you help someone get their head around what to create and, and how to put it out there? Yeah, so it probably sounds simple, um, but you know we talk a lot about content pillars in in marketing, right? We we talk about things like, oh, well, here is here are the things that we want our companies to be known for. What we want, you know, the corporations we may have worked for in the past to be known for. It's no different with you and your business. You really have to think about what are what are the topics, what are the themes that I really want to be vulnerable and authentic about. So, for example. I write, I'm, I'm a ghostwriter for a living. I write bot leadership posts for, for people, right? But I very, I mean, yes, I do talk about that. And I, I give some tips and tricks about that on LinkedIn, but I'm also a business owner. And so a lot of my authentic, vulnerable posts are about showing up as a business owner. I, I once wrote a post about, um, uh, you know, not getting paid by a client and, and <laughs> kind of what, like what that did to me psychologically, right? And you know, yes, that may not get me a lot of, that may not get me a client, right? But it's definitely going to get me some engagement. Um, and who knows, you know, like a client may look at that post and go, I love how authentic she's being, you know, and I would totally pay her on time. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's maybe not the best example, but there are pillars <laughs> that I think that you can kind of, you know, have a stake in the ground to be like, hey, these are the four or five things that I know better than anyone I know. And this is what, you know, this is how I'm going to show up. From there, it's about cultivating, you know, quite like thoughtful questions that you literally ask yourself that roll up to those pillars. I've been radio for decades and way back in the day, before smartphones even, we were taught to do what they called show prep. And show prep was just observational recording of what you saw and how it made you feel. And they taught us to have a notebook in our pocket of things that trigger us emotionally and write it down. Is that the type of stuff that you're thinking of and then sharing on your LinkedIn profile? A hundred percent. I um, I, ver- I have a memory when, so I, I lived in Madison for many years. I just moved back to Door County, Wisconsin, which is my home. I was taking a walk last year and I, I just happened to have my phone and I opened my notes app and I was just writing a couple things about, you know, seeing um, how it felt to be back in my hometown as a, as a 41-year-old professional, right? And I directly went to LinkedIn and I wrote a story about how like 
you know, 19 year old Mel, when she left Door County, would be so impressed with what 41 year old Mel is doing. And, you know, these <laughs> these country roads are a reminder. Right. And, you know, yes, it, it's not it's not giving a tip or a trick about your business, but you are connecting with somebody on a human level who might say, yeah, I grew up in a small town, too. I totally get how that feels, you know, or I, you know, I did this or I did that. And then who knows? Like I have had people um, I have had clients come to me and go, I read your posts. I want you to do what you do for you, um, which I think is fantastic. And so I think that there's a lot to learn there is that even if you're not getting a ton of engagement, um, people are paying attention. Like, just think about us as humans. We don't we don't like or love every social media post we see. Right. But it doesn't mean that people aren't listening. Um, so I think that's really important when you start to kind of develop your own pillars and, and ask yourself some questions and, and honestly just record your observations like you were saying, Pat. We've only got a moment left, but I want to ask you about this. I've heard about the strategy of not being great at posting, but being great as an audience member and authentically reacting to other people's stuff. Is that a strategy that you agree with? Total, totally, yes. Um, and you know, the the one thing that I love to do is you know, I always like to have an add-on strategy where, you know, I'm not just saying, oh, I agree or thanks for the post. I'm always trying to give a little nugget of information or an article that's adjacent to what somebody posted or something like that. So um, I think that anytime you can add value, it doesn't have to be a LinkedIn post. It can be a comment. Um, I think that anytime you're adding value and still showing up as yourself is is a bonus. Everyone's got the chance to use a LinkedIn profile, but not everyone does it correctly. Hopefully this conversation will help you get away from telling and move into authentically teaching so you can find the traction that you deserve. Mel Rip, owner and principal of Peapod Marketing and PR Consulting. I really appreciate you coming on the Pat Miller Show. Thank you for having me, Pat. What happens when your business is so successful, it breaks in two? We'll hear the inspiring story from Melissa Blair from Cultivating Sales and how their business of one became a growing business of two. That's next on The Pat Miller Show. America's small business conversation continues next on The Pat Miller Show. Are you a woman who needs to protect and grow your business? Or do you have a secret dream to start one? I bet you do. If you don't have a lawyer on your side, you may be putting your family and personal assets at risk. I know, I know. You might be avoiding lawyers because they seem overwhelming or intimidating. That's why you have to meet the team at Athena Legal Solutions, LLC.com. This all-woman team of talented lawyers are the most approachable, knowledgeable, and friendly team you'll ever meet. They exist solely to support women business owners who often go without the legal support they truly need. In 2023, they want to help 223 women create a solid legal foundation for their business. The first 100 women who mention this ad will receive over $100 off of their LLC starter package. Visit Athena Legal Solutions, LLC.com. Now, America's small business conversation continues on The Pat Miller Show. Welcome back to The Pat Miller Show. This is America's small business conversation. And today we have a story about success and how it might be a problem, question mark. Sometimes you can grow so much that it could present pros and cons. And we're going to welcome a friend of the show back to the radio 
and talk about how she's grown the business to the point where some problems and opportunities began to show up. Let's welcome back to the show, Melissa Blair, the founder and CEO of Cultivating Sales. Melissa, thanks for coming on the Pat Miller Show. Great to see you. How are you today? Great to see you too. I'm good. Glad to be here, Pat. Thank you. So you're here with a success story. So let's start there because it brought about some opportunities and challenges. So first, let's share the success. The success, we started, I started cultivating sales six years ago. It took a good three years to figure out who we were and what what we were doing. And actually, COVID 2020 actually catapulted us because we help small businesses figure out how to get and sell online and turn their business into a digital, a digital business. And of course, everybody had to figure that out in 2020. So we really took off and went extremely well. Also, my youngest daughter came home from college and never went back. She's been actually next month. It'll be three years that she is full time with us and has been amazing. We help companies automate their sales and marketing. And one of the things that came about is Stephanie, my daughter, built a training program for virtual assistants to learn our software. It's one platform that does everything. So it's it's a beast and it's a lot. And so we encourage our clients not to be running the beast themselves, but to have somebody on their team that becomes what we call the builder. They go in and they make the vision. And not every virtual assistant we learned is good at that. So by training the virtual assistants in our platform and running them through the ringer of how to do all this work, um, we found real success with that. And so what we decided to do, we actually had another marketing agency offer to buy us and we kept saying no. So what we did instead was partner with them and turned Stephanie's training program into its own company. So after, what are we looking at now? Well, the about five and a half years of being totally focused on one thing, we now have split the focus and there's pros and cons with it. Yes, it means multiple streams of income, which is great, but it also means being pulled in a very different direction. And that's a challenge. So let's catch everyone up. Cultivating Sales is a CRM on steroids. It does so much that you train people on how to use it. You got so good at training people on how to use it. You woke up with two companies and now you've split them apart, which is both pro and con. So if you grow your business to the point where you now have two businesses, there can be a good and a bad that comes along with it. So you mentioned multiple streams of revenue. Great start. What are some of the other pros of splitting your business apart? More help with that bigger marketing agency. As partners, we now have access to video teams and WordPress teams and all these teams that can help us um, build an, an incredible product. It builds our helper community, which we always need more of. Those really great VAs that become such an important part of our client. I mean, Pat, you've got, I would say if I had 20 Susie Moons, I would be an (laughs) advocate. And we're trying to build more Susie Moons out there in the world. And Susie Moon is, is, is who Pat works with. And that person becomes such an important piece of your business that we just really want to find and train more and more of those people. So we need to build that helper community. It's also a fast growth opportunity because we don't know what's going to happen with the economy right now, but we're seeing job layoffs and companies going under and all this means more and more people 
out in the marketplace. And even though it's still not easy, it's one of the cheapest times to start your own business. It's with, with digital everything now. This is the cheapest time in history to start your own business. So we know there's a huge opportunity for both clients and those helpers. So those are some of the pros that come when you split your business in half. And that all becomes possible when you grow it to that point. But then there are perhaps the hidden downsides of making this happen. So once you split cultivating sales in half, what were some of the cons that showed up? A pro was we had more helpers. A con is I lost my builder, my helper, Stephanie. And I was saying her today because we were working on something and I said, I miss you. You know, we're just so busy running that because she's now at, at 22 years old, she's the CEO of the second company. So she now has completely different responsibilities. And so that's a big shift for me. I've gotten very, very used to having her as my sidekick and I've lost her for that. But I think the biggest thing is you and I are both fans of Michael McCallowitz. Mm-hmm. And one of the books, The Pumpkin Plan, I, I, I credit his book for getting us off the ground in the first place because I'm one of those people that I can figure anything out. So therefore... I feel like I can take on a lot of different things. And reading his book and the whole, if you haven't read it yet, the whole concept is pick one pumpkin and grow that pumpkin before you do anything else. And so now working with a lot of clients, I see so many of them picking, I could do these three pumpkins or I could do these four pumpkins and then they never get anything off the ground. So I've always said, well, when I'm ready, I can take on another pumpkin. We took out another pumpkin. It's a lot more challenging than I said it was to me because that dead focus, it just, it catapults you when everybody is clear on what it is you do and including yourself. Because if you try doing everything, you're, it just doesn't work. We all know it doesn't work. And so that's been a challenge is which pumpkin am I working on at what time? Where do we put the resources? How much do I put in versus how much do I put in over here? It's just, it's a challenge. So as someone that's gone through it, then you've seen a business grow, 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 and then opportunity came to break it apart. If someone is experiencing the same kind of growth and perhaps the idea of breaking it in half exists before they do it, what advice would you give them now that you've lived it yourself? Mm, Be sure that it's the right time to do it. I don't regret it. It's Well, in a way, it's like it's another startup. So we have to go through all the automation again of getting everything automated because anybody that's gone through the automation process knows that it gets uglier before it gets better. (laughs) You, you go through a real challenge of taking everything that you do manually and automating it. And so starting from scratch again, you know, we've got the first business all automated and everything just runs, but now we're back to doing it manually, which means it takes three times as long, if not more. And when you're a successful entrepreneur to start over again, isn't that a totally different mindset to go back to zero? Yes. And what I'm learning about myself is I love the startup mode. I get Mm. bored when it's done. (laughs) So I'm loving picking logos and doing, you know, all all that kind of stuff. Now we move through it very quickly because one thing we've learned is 
your logo, your colors, all that stuff doesn't matter until you start making money. You've got to make money. Then you can worry about doing all the pretty stuff. So we just very quickly moved through all that. But I do love that. I love the startup. I love building something. So now going back to the old, what would the word be? You know, it's up and running. It's it's solid. It's working. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, there isn't as much of a draw for me over <laughs> as far as yeah. entertainment goes. Yeah. A lot of times on the show, we're talking about how to grow the business and what do you need to do to get to the next stage? It's not often that we stop and look at a business that's so successful. We have to talk about how to manage splitting it apart because it's doing so well. But hopefully this conversation will help you if that's something that you're facing because there are pros and cons when you break up your original pumpkin into two (laughs) pumpkins. Melissa Blair, founder and CEO of Cultivating Sales. Congratulations on the success and thanks for coming on the Pat Miller Show. Thank you, Pat. I want to make sure that you know you're invited to the Small Business Event of the Year. Now, that's a big statement, the Small Business Event of the Year. But hey, I can't help it because it is kind of the Small Business Event of the Year. It's the Idea Collective Small Business Conference presented by Bank59 that's happening here in Wisconsin in early November. Now, this event is worth flying in for because you will be brought into our mission of don't grow it alone in real time. Because when we get together for a three-day event at a four-star resort, you will walk out with new relationships and new ways to make money for your small business. During this three-day conference, again, at this super beautiful resort, we're going to learn from killer keynote speakers like the business turnaround king, Marcus Lemonis, Megan Riley that took her individual dance studio to a franchise all across the country and world that is so popular, she turned down Mark Cuban on Shark Tank. We will also talk with a Pat Miller Show favorite, Hallie Brooke from Live Nourish Coaching about the relationship between wellness and business performance, not to mention workshops and AI session and so much more. It's almost too much fun and you need to check it out. Learn more at smallbizretreat.com. That's smallbizretreat.com. I'm telling you, it's the small business event of the year. You can't miss it. America's Small Business Conversation continues next on The Pat Miller Show. Developing your business is a journey, so make sure and bring along a trusted sidekick. As your business grows, Sidekick Accounting will be there. Sidekick Accounting's core services help take the confusion out of bookkeeping, tax preparation, and tax planning. Who's going to keep track of all those pesky receipts and invoices? Well, Sidekick Accounting has things covered as you grow your version of business success. So whether your small business is a side hustle or a conduit to freedom and owning your own business in time, get in touch with a trusted Sidekick. Sidekick Accounting. There are expert advisors waiting to hear from you now. Feel free to call or send a text message to 414-310-7689. That's 414 414- 310-7689. You can find them on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram, or visit sidekick-accounting.com. Remember, developing your business is a journey, so bring along a trusted sidekick. Krista Morrissey for Choices Coaching and Consulting. Do you know where most small businesses go wrong? They invest in everything except their leaders. But through strong leaders comes strong business. 
Are you doing it wrong? Most small businesses focus on production and numbers. Production and numbers come through strong, resilient leaders. And strong leaders strengthen culture. They strengthen your resiliency and they strengthen your bottom line. I developed strong, resilient leaders who will drive your business. It is time for you to refocus your investment. Go to choicescoachingconsulting.com and let's you and I start the conversation now before someone else invests in your leaders. When you invest in your leaders, you invest in the bottom line of your business. Connect with Krista at choicescoachingconsulting.com. Act now. Krista at choicescoachingconsulting.com. Now, America's small business conversation continues on The Pat Miller Show. Welcome back to The Pat Miller Show, America's small business conversation. And a friend of ours, a friend of the show, has written a new book. So we're going to do a small business celebration, hear all about this book, not simply because he did it, but because the content is something that might be able to help you. Let's welcome back to the show, Elsie Flinard III, the mayor of Podcast Town. Elsie, it's great to see you again on The Pat Miller Show. How are you today? I am fantastic, Pat. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad you're back, and I'm just in awe that you finished your book and put it out with the world. Let's do a small business celebration. What's the name of the book, and tell us all about it. The name of the book is Flame Starter, The Art of Self-Mastery. And I wrote this book for entrepreneurs to help prevent them from burning out. I got to the point where I was doing too many things, too many different angles and projects, and I got sick. I physically shut down and could not do it anymore. And so I want to help prevent other people from facing that same choice, right, of being around to see your kids grow up or just working yourself literally to death. Burnout is a real thing, and it can get really dangerous. Before we talk about what the book teaches us and can help us avoid it, I didn't know that you hit that point. What happened to you and how bad did it get? Mm -hmm. So I I have or had what's called Graves disease, and it can be caused by extreme levels of stress, um, among other factors. But um, one day I woke up and I was just dragging like zero energy, couldn't really get motivated, like my, my mood was off. And just really, really lethargic. And, um, and, and you know me, Pat, I'm, I'm a doer. Um, and so I would get up, I would go to work, I would do all the things, I would show up the way I needed to show up. And after a, um, a few months of that, my body literally shut down. And so I, I go to the doctor and um, they told me, they, they said, look, we drew your blood and your numbers are so bad. You need to start on this medication now. Like, don't even go home. Go straight to the pharmacy wow. and get the get this medicine. It's it's that bad. Um, and uh, what they call a uh, they call it a thyroid storm, right? It's like a 50-50 survival rate, right? If you have this thing, and and my doctor said, look, go straight to the pharmacy and get this medicine. It's it was that dire, and so again, it got to the point where it's like, okay, I can't. I have to make a choice. I can't do both, and so. Um, I made the choice to reflect, reset, and re- uh, refresh, right, and, and really get my 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 life on the right track because it was going in the wrong direction. Burnout can send you there, and you ended up there. And this book now helps people prevent it. Is that what we're doing here? So if someone's feeling like they're being ground down and they're stuck in the mud and they they're starting to feel that desperation and fatigue and frustration that burnout brings. What will we learn when we read the book? The biggest thing that the book 
um, helps with is understanding who you are, what makes you tick, what you do not like, what your triggers are, what makes you happy versus what gives you joy. Those are not the same thing. Mm. Um, And really understanding when it's time for you to take a step back. It'll teach you how to say no. It'll teach you how to end things that are not serving you anymore. And it helps you really remain and keep centered, right? Because that was my issue is I wasn't centered. Um, My focus was in the wrong places. And I, I wasn't listening to my body. We're talking with LZ Flinard III, the mayor of Podcast Town, just released a new book, Flame Starter, The Art of Self-Mastery. I've known you for a little bit, and you're such a nice guy. Was one of your problems telling people no and having strong boundaries and being able to do what you needed to do to protect yourself and not to spoil too much of the book, but how do we get that superpower so we can protect ourselves and our mental health? Yes, for sure. Um, I've now learned that no is a complete sentence and it's okay. Um, And I've also learned to understand when relationships, when projects, when businesses have run their course and being able to say goodbye when you need to say goodbye Um, and understanding really that hurting people is not avoidable. You know, whether you leave too soon, you're going to hurt people. Uh, If you stay too long, probably still going to hurt people. You just can't avoid it. The best you can do is is moving on when it's right, right? Because when you stay too long, that's when people really get hurt and it gets really nasty and, and negative. So one of the things that the, the book talks about is being open to being shaped, being open to, to getting those insights, that wisdom from people who see you, see your situation from a different perspective, um, and also grabbing the lesson. There are no failures, but uh, if we fail to grab the lesson, then we tend to repeat the same mistakes over and over again. So those those would be the top two. I call them LZisms, right? In the book <laughs> that help us to really keep uh, track of where we are and where we're going. It's a powerful story that I know a lot of people will resonate with. I want you to reflect when you went to the doctor, you had to go to the pharmacy to get the medicine right away. And as you started to dig yourself out of where you were, can you remember one of the lessons that showed you the way or one of the folks that you talked to that made you go, oh, that's how I'm going to get back to being myself again? Yeah. The the biggest thing for me is I have what I call a joy meter. And if on the joy meter, so a scale from zero to 10, <laughs> if it dips below a seven, I don't do it. Now that includes people, that includes projects, that includes everything. If you don't at least register at a seven, it's not even a consideration, right? And if you were an eight, but now you're a seven, then we we have to have that conversation, right? That could be clients, that could be, you know, um, again, projects. And that kind of helped me really understand, right, um, under the difference between being happy and having joy. Um, you can be happy and not have joy. And you can have joy, but not be happy. Um, and so that lesson kind of taught me um, how to keep myself in the center. Where do we get the book? Uh, right now, you can get it from Amazon. Um, and that's the easiest place to, to grab it. It's a really great conversation. And while we build on this show new ways to make money and new ways to have sales and distribute new products and make a bigger impact in the world, at the end of the day, it all comes back to us and the life that we choose to live 
And if building your business is wearing you out, what's left? It's a great conversation. I wish you a lot of luck with the book. Congratulations. Elsie Flanard III, mayor of Podcast Town, pick up his new book. Elsie, thanks for coming on the Pat Miller Show. Always great to talk with you. I appreciate you having me, Pat. Someone just asked me, what was that website again for the Idea Collective Small Business Conference? You owe it to yourself to look up this website and consider joining us in early November. It's the Idea Collective Small Business Conference presented by Bank 5.9. It's November 9th through the 11th in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, which is a resort town between Chicago and Milwaukee. We're at a four-star resort. I'm telling you, this is the small business event of the year. So you know what? Get curious and look it up. Come on. Smallbizretreat.com. That's smallbizretreat.com. That does it for this episode of the Pat Miller Show. When are you coming on the show? Like, can you, you know, find some courage and book your time on the show? We want to learn from you. You can find out more at patmillershow.com. I'm Pat Miller, the Idea Coach. We'll talk to you right here next week. Thanks for listening to the Pat Miller Show. See patmillershow.com for more information on today's guests, events, and the Idea Collective small business community. A worldwide group working together to fight fear, inexperience, and isolation for small business owners everywhere. Join us next week for the Pat Miller Show. And remember, get clear, work hard, and never quit. Guests on the Pat Miller Show have agreed prior to appearing that they are receiving consultation and advice that they may or may not use at their own risk. No part of the show should replace accounting, tax, or legal advice.